0: Perfect. Uh, Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Aaron Rakers, uh, uh, the uh, IT hardware and semiconductor analyst here at Wells Fargo. Uh, You know, extremely pleased to uh, host a conference call, keynote conference call, or virtual meeting with uh, NVIDIA, uh, Manavir Das, who is the head of uh, NVIDIA's enterprise uh, computing uh, business. Uh, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into discussions here. Before we get there, um, I, I think, you know, Simona Tchenkowski uh, from the IR team wanted to uh, read a quick disclaimer on forward-looking statements. Yes, thank you, Aaron, for hosting us. Just as a quick reminder, this presentation contains forward-looking statements and investors are advised to read our reports filed with the SEC for information related to risks and uncertainties facing our business. Perfect. Good deal. So, uh, Manavir, again, thank you for joining us. There's a, a lot to lot to delve into here with Nvidia. The, the company's been on fire in the data center business, so it's a great opportunity to have you uh, speak to some of the key trends. So, but but maybe to level set, you know, enterprise computing. You know, it's it's broad based. It's increasingly you know more and more diverse. I think you and I have talked about the bluefield product in the past. But maybe to level set the discussion, just a real quick uh, overview of your responsibilities within the company. Um, and, and and then we'll go in you know, to, to the questions from
1: there. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, uh, Aaron. And on behalf of NVIDIA, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, you know, at NVIDIA, we operate as one NVIDIA, one business. There, there are no people other than the CEO who think of themselves as owners of a particular business, right? So for myself and my peers who, who report to Jensen, we do three different things for him. One is we're each responsible for some of the products. In my case, I'm responsible for DGX, which is our flagship server for AI, as well as EGX, which is the more mainstream hardware that is built by our OEM partners with GPUs in them. And then I'm responsible on the software side for our GPU accelerated data science software, um, and as well as... Uh, our new push now for enterprise-grade software for AI that we're making available to enterprise customers and all sort of the middle way, if you will, of AI. So that's one way of thinking about my role. Uh, the second way is we serve, of course, different customer segments. And the, uh, the, the customer segment that, that I focus on is really uh, enterprise customers and in particular when they're doing their work outside of the public clouds. Yep. Uh, a lot of them work in the public cloud. And then finally, perhaps most importantly for this call, we all think about different areas of NVIDIA strategy. And the part that I work with Jensen on is our push to democratize AI across enterprise companies, which means really the move from the, f- the thousands of enterprise companies that are using AI today to the hundreds of thousands uh, that are actually out there. Right. So that's really my mission.
0: Yep. That's a great overview and, 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 and exactly, you know, the topics that uh, we want to hit on here. So, you know, AI adoption, you know, it's, it's, it's becoming, you know, clear that, you know, we move well beyond the hype cycle, right? It's an important driver of businesses. It's, it's the underpinning of productivity growth in in many instances across different verticals. I I think NVIDIA recently mentioned, yeah, I think 25, you know, more than 25,000 companies using uh, NVIDIA AI for inferencing globally. How do, how do you think about the the what's next, the next steps of enterprise uh, adoption? Um, and, and then we'll go into some of the product things that, you, that you're involved in that, that really looks to democratize that that adoption rate.
1: Yeah, it's, that's a great question, Aaron. And I'll just clarify, you know, that, that statement we made about 25,000, that was for using NVIDIA AI technology in general for both training and inference, right? Okay. Uh, and some of them use it in the cloud. Some of them use it in their own buildings and so on, right? I think, Aaron, when we think about the inflection point we're at right now, we are at an inflection point, okay? And I can describe that to you in three different ways. One way of thinking about it is the success we've had with AI to date has been companies in particular verticals where there was a clear use case very related to the business they're in. For example, I'm an online shopping site and I need to recommend what's the next thing for somebody to buy, right? I'm a healthcare uh, company and I'm doing research on drug discovery. Right, so very specific to the use case. We've had a lot of success there and we'll see that adoption continue. I think the inflection now is on horizontal use cases. So for example, conversational AI is a way to create chatbots for customer service. And it doesn't matter what industry your company is in, as long as you're interacting with customers Uh, you can benefit from having an AI-powered chatbot to communicate with your customers, right? So I think that's the first inflection, which is from moving from these very vertical use cases to more horizontal use cases, right? Uh, So that's one. I think the second inflection is, uh, you know, if you think of the AI journey for a company, training comes first, inference comes next, because training is the process by which you hire data scientists and researchers and you say, okay, take on AI and show me that we can produce models that will help our business. And then when that work is done, then the company gets to the harder step of, I'm willing to put this into production to use in my business. And that's when inference is done. So in fact, if you look across the enterprise base, you'll find a lot of companies today who uh, have done the training stage, but are very early in doing the inference in actually putting this into production. And so I think in the next few years, uh, we think you'll see a dramatic change there as this flood of companies gets to the stage of now actually using the AI in production uh, by deploying it and doing inference. So I think that's a second way of thinking about, about the inflection. And then I think the third way of thinking about the inflection, uh, which is perhaps a little further out, you know, today when we talk about an enterprise company using AI, they need to understand what AI is. They need to learn how to do AI, how to do training, how to do inference. But going forward, I think you'll see more companies adopt AI in a transparent manner. And what I mean by that is I have some application I use today from some vendor, right? Maybe it's a, 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 you know, a document editing platform, right? Like Office 365, or it's an ERP system. And the vendor just says to me, hey, there's a new version of this thing. Guess what? It's now infused with AI. And so it's better because of that. A great example is, you know, if you're editing in Word, Today, you start typing a sentence and it'll suggest a completion for the sentence. And that is using AI, right? So in this case, the company that's adopting it does not have to learn AI technology at all. They're just deploying the next version of an existing product that has been infused with AI. So it's that vendor that has learned about AI and worked with NVIDIA to adopt AI rather than the end customer, right? And that's really true democratization, right? Because that makes it so easy for everybody to adopt. Right. So I think three different ways you can think about uh, the 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 journey forward for enterprise
0: AI. And, and that latter point just kind of dovetail a question off of that. Does that infusion of AI at the application layer, does that does that necessarily say, hey, that that, that application layer is going to increasingly need a, a parallel compute, accelerated compute underneath of it? Or is that hey this application infused with AI can run on general purpose processors as effectively uh, as the historical application? I'm just kind of curious if that yeah you know where that sits and the and the key
1: phrase that you used there was as effectively because yes inference can certainly run on on general purpose uh, servers with CPUs but it is increasingly the case that the more effective way, both in terms of cost and performance and capability to run the inference is on GPUs, not just the training, but the inference. And this is why we believe that uh, more and more servers, regular servers and data centers will have GPUs in them because more and more applications running on the servers will be infused with AI and they will benefit significantly from having a GPU on the server. You know, it's, it's no different than saying, can, can, you, can you do some graphics work uh, you know, with just the built-in graphics on, uh, on a CPU versus then having a discrete GPU? Perhaps, uh, yeah, in some cases you can, but it's way more effective if you have a GPU, right? And it's no different here for the applications infused with AI. Uh, we already see now that they benefit greatly from having a GPU in the server. And this trend is only going to get more uh, dramatic, Aaron, because the AI models that are being used within the application are becoming larger and larger and more complicated. And that's again, where the GPU really makes a big difference.
0: Yeah, so one of, the, one of the questions I often come back to is that, you know, NVIDIA and I think this last earnings call, you know, Jensen had mentioned 10% of servers deployed, you know, globally today, incorporated GPU. I'm going to kind of tie two questions together. So, you know, the comment was also made that, you know, over time, you know, majority of, G, of, of servers could deploy a GPU. But when I, when I talk to enterprises, you know, ourselves being one of them, right. it doesn't seem like we're, the, the traditional on-premise enterprise is gonna have a big GPU attached rate. So what are we missing there? Right? Yeah. AI workloads run in cloud, do they run on-premise data center? I'm just, you know, how, does, how do you guys see that? Yeah, it's, it's
1: a great question, right? And a, and a great one to unpack. So number one, it is absolutely the case today that if you just look at how many servers are shipped, Right. Uh, new servers that are shipped and going into enterprise data centers, servers with GPUs in them are in the single digit percentages. Right. That, that is the case today. And, and we expect that that will change dramatically. The reason why it is the way it is today is because there has been a general mental model that you need a special kind of server to do AI, a server that You you pack it to the gills with GPUs. You put four GPUs, eight GPUs in the server. It's a bespoke thing. It's not a server that costs $10,000. It's a server that costs $100,000 or $200,000. And it's like a Ferrari. And when you buy one of those, you better be running AI on it 24-7 or you wasted your money, right? That's been the general model. And that's why the the penetration has been, been what it is. The shift that we are, we are working on now with our customers is take a general purpose server, a server you would put inside a VMF farm, a server you would rack and stack into your data center, you know, as a multi-purpose server that you can run SAP on it, you can put a database on it, what have you. You take that $10,000 server, you put one GPU in it that costs a few thousand dollars. And now you've got a server that on the one hand can run your traditional workloads. And when you're only using for that, there's no regrets because it's a modestly priced server. But on the other hand, it can also run your accelerated workloads like AI, right? So it's a multi-purpose server. And when that begins to happen, we expect it will drive a significant shift in this percentage, right? Because it's the mainstream volume servers that will begin to ship with GPUs in them. And, And as Jensen said, we fully expect that in the fullness of time, this will become the standard. And so if you look enough years out, uh, the majority of servers will have GPUs in them. All of them will have uh, GPUs in them, but it is a journey, right? And so, uh, uh, but, but I think this is our fundamental point that uh, the difference between where we are at now and where we're headed is that today, the AI servers with GPUs in them are bespoke. They're put in a corner of the data center. They serve one purpose only. Whereas the servers we're working with OEMs on now, along with the software we've built, these are multi-purpose, the new workhorse of your data center, the new server that you're going to rack and stack into every every new footprint that you build so that your footprint can be future-proof. And the reason is because more and more of the workloads that you run in your data center are going to require a GPU because they'll be infused with AI and they'll need that acceleration. Yeah,
0: no, that's that's an interesting point, right? Because I think myself and a lot of investors I talk to you know, look at it, and to your point, right, there's eight GPUs on average in terms of training, there's four maybe for interesting, but but what we're really talking about is just, you know, somewhat, you know, elasticity, you know, of bringing price points down to drive, coupled with the application ecosystem evolving with more AI infusion.
1: That's absolutely right, Aaron. It's elasticity in the price point and it's elasticity in the usage point. This is why we did the work with VMware, right? That you already have a farm of servers that are administered via VMware that are being shared out for different users and different workloads in your data center. And AI should just be thought of as another such workload. Your data scientist should just be thought of as another set of users who can come and access the same pool. And your IT team should be able to just expand the pool naturally to these use cases, right? Yep. And that's why we did the work with
0: VMware. So you, you've driven a bunch of other questions I could add on there, but I'm going to kind of try and keep my, my script here a little bit. So yeah. how does that, how does that, how does that involve, or how does that, you know, entail what NVIDIA is doing as far as a, a full stack strategy company, right? You, you, you're responsible for DGX, EGX, as you mentioned, do, do you evolve down that path where you, you know, in those environments where elasticity starts to drive more, you know, attach rate of GPUs? Do you want to be that full, are you that full stack provider in that type of environment ecosystem? Yeah.
1: Yes, absolutely, and I just want to be—I'll be careful answering your question because yep. I also don't want to want to miscommunicate here, right? Clearly, yep. the the people who have done the best work in creating hyperscale, multi-tenant compute environments are the the public clouds, right? And they've done a fantastic job of that, and they've really changed computing. Uh, quite significantly, we have very deep partnerships with all of them. We work very closely with all of them. In that case, we are providing them hardware and software that they incorporate into their their cloud, right? Mm -hmm. To provide a multi-tenant hyperscale environment. That said, the modern data center, regardless of whether it's an enterprise data center or a colo or a cloud, is going to look more and more like that. Where what you're trying to do is you have a, a shared environment of compute storage and networking, that is used for multiple applications. That's just how the the industry has evolved, right? And NVIDIA is very committed to being a provider of that full stack, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, And that means the hardware, the networking, the middleware software, the operating system of this infrastructure, if you will, as well as the AI software that you can run on top of that, right? We are absolutely working in all those fronts. We're a full stack company. Now we are a platform company. And so what that means is we're happy to interact with people at any level. You can acquire just our hardware and build everything else on top. You can acquire our middleware software and do your own AI software on top. You can acquire our AI software and just go from there, right? And we're happy to work with you at any level, but we certainly have a viewpoint on what the full stack should look like. We are working on the full stack and we make it available uh, in different ways. For example, we announced a program this year where we're working with Equinix and we are are pre-deploying that full stack already for customers in Equinix data centers. So they can just choose to to consume it there, right? Or they can learn from that and build their own. So, uh, and the reason we do this, Aaron, it's important because it is a full stack problem. Accelerated computing is not easy. You have to optimize the different parts of the stack together, in order to get the the best benefit. I'll give you a very small example of that, right? You think about AI and you produce these models and models can be large. And so you have to split the model up when you actually do the inference. Now you have to think about what are the hardware capabilities of each of my servers? So I can be smart about in my software how to split up the model. So you cannot do this in isolation one without the other, right? And that's why we've done all this work together.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a great overview. And you touched on that a little bit with the AI Launchpad product with Equinix. But, you know, the other thing that you've done is, you know, the, the you know, I think the tagline was democratization of AI when you announced this product, which is the AI enterprise software suite. Yes. And and can you help us, you know, appreciate what that is, how that's, you know, I, I believe it's a subscription license, how we think about that as is, is democratizing AI and, and, you know, ultimately representing a, a pretty attractive, you know, software revenue stream for the company.
1: Yeah, we're very excited about NVIDIA enterprise. Of course, there's a revenue stream uh, that we foresee that we're we're very, very excited about, but, but I think more than that, we're excited about what it means for enterprise companies, right? So I'd put it to you this way, right? That uh, what are the barriers to AI adoption today? for enterprise companies, right? I think it starts from there. Okay, the first barrier is that AI software is complex and difficult to create. There's a huge ecosystem today of startups who provide a piece here, a piece there, et cetera, but it's largely a DIY effort to cobble software together to do AI. The reason we created NVIDIA AI Enterprise was we said, we as NVIDIA have actually built most of the software. We've spent years building the software, we've matured the software, so now we can package it all together and say to an enterprise company, just procure this piece of software, it has everything you need, it's enterprise grade, it has a support SLA, it's like, you know, it's like Windows, it's like like VMware vSphere, it's a platform, it's the operating system of AI that you can go deploy on all your servers in your data center, right? So that was the first point of it, to make it easier to adopt AI. The second point of it was, if you think of the, the dilemma or, or gap that you have in with AI for enterprises today, it's there's two personas. There's the data scientist, right? The data scientist is doing the research, creating new models, Jupyter notebooks, all of that. Every night, they tweak the data a little bit. They get a better model. They like this model, right? More than the one they had yesterday. On the other hand, you've got IT. IT are the people who control the data centers. More importantly, IT are the people who are accountable for the software that is running in production that the business depends on, right? Where if something happens to that software tomorrow, uh, whether it's compromised or not functioning, the board wants to know what happened, right? My company's reputation is, is suffering, right? So you have these two distinct entities. And in the early adoption of AI, the data scientists have essentially worked around IT. Right? They've either done their work in the cloud or they've built their own environments and gone forward. So you have to break this gap somehow to truly democratize AI. And so we built NVIDIA AI Enterprise in this way where we said, if you're enterprise IT and you are in the business of creating a farm of compute for your workloads and your users, then NVIDIA AI Enterprise is a thing that you add to your farm so that your compute farm is ready to do AI. And then you can go to your data scientists and researchers and say, come here and do your AI work here on this compute farm, because we'll be able to provide that to you. There'll be a center of excellence where everybody can come and get their resources. And we'll have one place where we're working together so we can take the results of your work and put it into production, okay? And so that's the work we did with VMware, where basically we integrated NVIDIA AI Enterprise with VMware vSphere. So any IT admin who's familiar with VMware today you know, and they say, "Okay, I'll create templates of different kinds to spin up VMs in my VM farm." They can very easily create templates, and they can say to a data scientist, "Here's a Jupyter notebook template. Come and come and use this one, and and now you're good to go, right?" Uh, so that's that's the that's the second reason. Uh, I'll give you a great example of this, uh, Aaron. You know, we've been um, NVIDIA Enterprise has been available generally uh, for a couple months now uh, in general availability. Obviously we've had our initial traction and successes. Uh, there's one where I will highlight to you without the name where to me, it was the canonical example of the shift that we were expecting, that we saw. Uh, there was an IT team. They read about NVIDIA AI Enterprise. They contacted us. They got onto Launchpad. They had the experience of setting up an AI environment. Okay, They were happy with that. They set it up they went to their data science team and they said, look, we set up an environment for you. Can you come try it out and tell us if it's good enough for you? So they brought the data scientists, they used it, they spun up Jupyter Notebooks, etc. They They said, this is great. This is exactly what I want. And the IT team gave back to us and did a procurement, right, for the software. So now they are in the loop and they are not outside of the AI adoption. They are now actually part of it, right? And they are serving the AI to their data scientists. So that's kind of... Uh, expectation here. Yeah.
0: Remind me just real briefly how it's licensed.
1: Yeah. So we we, we chose, you know, to license uh, based on the way the VMware licenses vSphere because we, the, you know, this uh, uh, product as we've done it today is based uh, on top of VMware vSphere. So it's the same licensing model. Uh, roughly speaking, it's about $2,000 per year per superior socket. Okay, is the uh, license model, which uh, for those are familiar with VMware will say that actually looks very much like uh, the pricing for VMware vSphere. And it's also, it's modeled the same way in terms of, you know, support period and SLA and all of that. So that the, from the point of view of procurement, it feels just like a natural extension, right? That's that's a simple way of thinking about it. It's about $2,000 per CPU socket per year on a subscription uh, basis.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. A a couple other topics in a little bit of time we have left, I I want to make sure I touch on is that, you know, I've written a lot about it. You know, I I still feel like investors, you know, aren't fully, you know, either understanding or appreciative of, you know, another layer of acceleration, this idea of disaggregation. You and I've talked about Bluefield in the past. So, you know, remind us again, you know, how you see Bluefield data processing units, Evolve when we might see an inflection. And I think tied to that, you know, Project Monterey with VMware, the importance of that as we think about, you know, things over the next, you know, couple quarters, year or so. Yeah. Uh,
1: And and I'll put it to you this way, right? Uh, The modern data center, as we discussed, is multi tenant, right? You have multiple people and workloads uh, sharing the same equipment. And so the world, the infrastructure is becoming zero trust. Which means that you can't just put firewalls on the outside and, and let everybody party inside. Every application, every user, every workload must be thought of as an adversary with respect to everything else that's running in the data center, right? Mm-hmm. And it turns out that in order to properly support a zero trust environment, you need the capability of a DPU. Uh, that's really the, the uh, only feasible way, tractable way of implementing a zero trust environment. Because the amount of information going across the network that you have to process and analyze and, and manage efficiently to create the secure environment requires those capabilities of having actual processing on the, on the networking interface, right? So, so we believe that regardless of whether you're a public cloud or a colo and an enterprise data center, the trend is very clear. Every server will have to have a DPU in it in order to be part of a secure 0 trust environment, right? That's why we are so keen on the DPU. That's why you'll notice, Aaron, that when we talk about our DPU Bluefield, we do not talk about Bluefield 2, which is our current Bluefield. We talk about Bluefield 2 and Bluefield 3 and Bluefield 4 because there is a journey here, right? This is an inflection that the whole industry is gonna go through. It's going to take multiple generations of the hardware and software for that journey to occur, right? Um, And furthermore, there's going to be a lot of different players in this ecosystem, cybersecurity providers, virtualization platform providers, et cetera. And this is why we took the same approach with the DPU that we took with the GPU, which is we created an SDK. It's called Doka, And the idea is that all of the software developers from these different areas have one way to program to the DPU to take advantage of it, right? Because otherwise you'd have a, a piece of silicon that does one thing, and, and you wouldn't really be able to support all the use cases, right? Yep. So, so, uh, so I think what I was trying to convey there is why, why do we believe the DPU is so important, right? Because we think it'll be in every server um, and it has to be in every server because the industry is shifting to multi-tenant environments, right? It's going to be too expensive going forward to have siloed environments. Like this is my footprint that does one thing and that's my footprint that does another thing, right? That's going to be too expensive. That's going to be too siloed. That's going to be too inflexible. And the cloud has shown that, right? This is the beautiful thing about the cloud that if you have one pool of, of infrastructure that can be used in multiple ways, that's, that's the winning proposition, right? And so that's what we going to
0: I think to your point in the evolution of this disaggregation, accelerated architecture, you know, isolation, you know, uh, you know, a- evolution, if you will, the roadmap, as you mentioned, Bluefield two, three, four, eventually involves actually, you know, some convergence of GPU and DPU together. Yes. Is that, is that, should I think about that theoretically as uh, that being maybe the inflection of really driving this, you know, elasticity where, where these things converge? Or, or do you think it maybe happens quicker than that?
1: Yeah, I think it happens quicker than that. So that's not the, um, inflection. I'll come back to that. I think you you talked about VMware Project Monterey, right? I think yep. that in itself is the way to think about the inflection. What is happening with VMware Project Monterey is if your server has a DPU inside it, then uh, a lot of this work of enforcing zero trust and security, et cetera, is now put onto the DPU. So you can actually have these servers run in this multi-tenant fashion, whereas the CPU is freed up to actually run the workload, right? What's happened today is that more and more of this functionality has gone into the software and it has to run on the same CPU that the workloads need to run on, right? So we move it to the DPU, free up the CPU, and more importantly, the DPU is built in such a way that it does that work much more efficiently than the CPU does, right? Otherwise, you're just shifting the problem. So we're very keen on moderate, uh, Aaron, because I think that's what's going to drive the inflection. The uh, next stage of it, as you said, what we're uniquely doing at NVIDIA with the uh, addition of GPU and AI capability into the DPU just takes things to another level because now you can use AI to understand what is happening in the network. Directly okay. on the network, right? And so. Okay, so it's
0: not—it's not necessarily that convergence does away with the GPU as a discrete component. It no, is, no, not at all, not yeah, at all. Okay, not that's all. perfect. That's helpful. The final in two minutes, and I know it's—it's—it's it's, it's two minutes, probably you know, way too short to to talk about this. But Omniverse Enterprise, I think any call that you've probably been on, you know, this yes. video recently is, is Metaverse and how you plan to that for your responsibilities. What what does that mean in a, in a brief two minute comment?
1: I think, I think for me, as, as I mentioned, we're interested in providing enterprise-grade software to enterprise companies, right? And we have an offering with Omniverse. It's called Omniverse Enterprise. Yep. It's probably uh, in general availability. We've seen great adoption for this. Super excited because really Omniverse is a way for people to collaborate when they're doing 3D design work, right? Um, and the number of people who are looking to collaborate in this way is massive. There's 40 million people out there who need this kind of collaboration, right? And so we've created an omniverse enterprise. It has a simple licensing model, again based on subscription. You know, you can think of it in, you know. Uh, in terms of thousands of dollars per such person per year, right? We have more detailed information, of course, in our documents, but you can build some simple math in your head of the, of the opportunity here. We're also working on something called Omniverse Avatar for enterprise companies, which is, it's not just about the creators and users, but it's about the work the company does, where you have a, a digital form of it within Omniverse and that is its own journey and opportunity, uh, you know, both, both financially and what it means for companies, right? So what, what is encouraging to us, Aaron, is this. We've worked for many years to produce Omniverse, right? And what we found in the year that we've really now pushed it forward and brought together Omniverse Enterprise uh, the traction has been amazing. The appetite for this thing has been quite amazing. So, it's another one of these things where I can sit and say to you, in theory, conceptually, the hypothesis is everybody's going to need it. It's going to change every enterprise company. But I can also say to you that, in terms of the traction we've seen too far, right, it certainly seems to match that hypothesis, right? We see great, uh, uh, great appetite and interest in, in Omniverse Enterprise.
0: Yeah. I could keep going on, but I think we're, we're, we're unfortunately out of time. Manavir, I appreciate you, uh, uh, you know, helping us understand the story a little bit uh, better. And you know, thank you so much.
1: It was my pleasure. Again, on behalf of NVIDIA, thank you so much for giving us
0: the, the opportunity to have this discussion. Perfect. Have a great day. Yeah, you too.